0: Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, your Swansea City podcast. I'm Matt Barocco and I'm joined as ever by Steve Carroll. Afternoon, Steve. Afternoon. So we join you now after a 1-0 draw against Coventry at the Liberty on Saturday. Steve, we were hoping to, well, get uh, Michael Duff's maiden win as Swans manager in the league. Uh, it wasn't to be, but to be fair, Coventry were a very neat and tidy side and uh, expected to be up there or thereabouts at the end of this season as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um... I think overall we we can't really complain at a point. I don't think we did enough to, to win the game, certainly against what I would say was was quite a good side. I mean, especially in the first half, they had a few chances, didn't they? Not so much in the second. But um yeah, I think we've got to be realistic. That was a decent point for us, I think, wasn't it? And um, you know, obviously I think we're frustrated because, you know, we haven't we haven't won yet after three games. Not that it's any sort of disaster that sometimes gets painted, but you do often just want that first win on the board, don't you? So to not have it yet is it's a little bit frustrating, I think, but um, you know we've got to be realistic and say that I, I think a point was a fair result on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and I think people, even though we weren't able to get the win, we're starting to see a little bit more of, um, maybe a bit more intensity in the Swans' play and maybe seeing a little bit more shape to what uh, Michael Duff's team might end up looking like. Still, a long way away from any sort of finished article, Steve, but it was... Well, it was less of a disaster than West Brom, put it
1: that way. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, West Brom, we just gifted some really bad goals, didn't we? I mean, I, I don't think Coventry had too many, what I would say, clear cut uh, chances yeah. against us. I mean, I think the goal they scored was quite well worked. And I remember the the feeling I got when um, the, I can't remember who scored, but when he took that shot, my first thought was, uh, we're worried a bit of trouble here," because it was from. uh it, was you know, it, wasn't, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't too far out, was it? You know, you're, you're, you're fearing the worst at that point, and obviously it it did win, but I mean, that was by far their best opportunity, really, I mean, some of the other ones weren't too far off, but they would have been, you know, what I would call decent goals, really, but the type of goals we don't usually concede, because obviously we've been used to conceding awful uh, goals, haven't we, so, you know... um, Well, it's weird you say that, because that's exactly what Michael Duff picked up on
0: after the game, he said that um, the pleasing aspect is how well-worked Coventry's goal was, which in its isolation sounds like a weird comment, but I guess the point he's trying to make there is if you watch any game of the Swans last season, we had to be the ones that worked so hard to score, and the opposition, very much like West Brom last week, were given gifts which they didn't really have to do a lot to do. So Coventry scoring a well-worked goal is one you can stand up and go, well, at least they've had to put something really impressive together rather than a gift.
1: Yeah, I mean, no one likes conceding goals, but as you say, I mean, you, you, not every goal is preventable. You're never going to go through a season conceding 20 goals here. I mean, I think the the seasons we've had under the likes of John Orleans and Paolo Sousa where, you know, and even Cooper to a point where we didn't let in many goals. You, you'll still always concede a few, wouldn't you? But the frustrating thing was always conceding really soft ones and similar types of goals all the time. So, you know, again, they, they did work uh, the move well, to be fair and, and finished it off. And yeah, it wasn't, I don't think you could pick as many holes in it as you usually could. So, you know, that's, that I say, that's a good thing. You never like, say that conceding is a good thing, but, um, they certainly weren't as bad as the ones at West Brom, which they were all preventable, really, weren't they? It just, again, it's going to be a learning process,
0: and the players are trying to adjust to a different style and different way of thinking as well. And I think Michael Duff talks about mentality quite a bit as well. Um, so, again, once again, Steve, to see us scoring and coming back into a game for the third league game running from a losing position um, has in itself its own kind of set of positives. I mean, we'd so often be the team that would work so hard to score a goal, then concede a sucker punch. So to see us, it, I think the big big frustration is it's when we are starting a game, when I mean, we don't really start very quickly and it takes us to the opposition to score, to kick into life. And there's no difference here, really. On Saturday, we scored pretty much straight after
1: Coventry did. It was quite quick, wasn't it? I mean, it was one of the few times where we put a good ball into the box. I mean, I was looking at a lot of our players thinking they couldn't cross a bridge for a lot of the first half because some of the balls in were so bad but um, yeah a decent one went in and it's great to see Yates get a, another goal obviously 2-3 um, um, you know and he, he hasn't had a great deal of chances has no. he in, in terms of efforts and on goal in, so in the
0: West Brom so. game he at the bar as well so yeah, I mean, you could did. say he could have had 3 and yeah eight.
1: so I think in a, what I would say maybe a more creative <laughs> team I will say at this moment in time um, then you'd like to think there'd be even more obviously but you know he's he's done well for us uh so far on that front, so we've got to be quite pleased. And and yeah, as you say, I mean, you do always fear that the opposition have scored, they they could get another, and certainly if you go more than one behind, you're in a big, uh, bad situation then. So um, yeah, to to level up quite quickly was uh, a little bit of a relief, really, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: I think it's fairly, I'd say it's fairly clear for for most people to accept at this point that we are initially working on... Defensively, sure enough. I mean we've talked about being more difficult to beat, more difficult to score against. Um, we've talked less about aggression from the front and 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 indeed we've seen less, Steve. I mean, we talked in the summer about Michael Duff, like a high press, high intensity game, as he called it, high octane football. He likes to loot people to to, to pressure the opposition to lose the ball, run in their own half let them concede throw-ins in dangerous areas and get the ball back in play as quickly as possible, etc, etc. We've all seen the press conferences and and clips of how his Barnsley and Cheltenham teams like to play, but not seeing so much of that, but also we are seeing a little bit more of that defensive solidity. So is it is it as black and white as saying we're working on that at the moment? And once we've got that nailed, we'll we'll hopefully see a little bit more creativity at the other end of the
1: pitch. It could be, couldn't it? I mean, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, as uh, the saying goes, and um, we've got to just be patient. As as boring as it is, repeating it over and over again, it's you know you're not going to see what we we really want to see. I don't think early on, but I think if I'm honest, I would like to like, going forward I would like to see a bit more uh, entertainment and maybe a few better yeah. work moves and stuff like that because it hasn't been you know brilliant to watch as it so far I think that's a fair comment but you know the, these things do take a little bit of time I remember Martin saying that we needed to work on the defensive side of the game first when he came he in because we we didn't score many did we at the start and I mean we were conceding a few and then it did improve a bit and it, it it can sort of take that little bit of time to click I, I always like uh, the, the great one I'll use is when Martinez was here and um I think after about 10 games, we were 10th in the league. And then we stormed it and we were in a ridiculous run that started with a 5 0 win at Leighton Orient, I think. And then we went to Bournemouth and scored four. And you're off and running. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, obviously, but it does just show that even the best managers we've had, um, it doesn't necessarily just click overnight, does it? So there is a need for patience. Um, you know, I, I do want to see more. That's I, I won't deny that either. Um, you know, I think we all want to see a bit more. Um, a bit more entertainment I would say so far and because um, we've not it's not been brilliant is it? It's not been it's just
0: not been that easy on the eye is it I think um, I mean we're only three games in and I think it'd be ludicrous for us to draw any long thought out conclusions about this but due to popular demand Steve and it's been popular <laughs> is bringing in um, XG because they always do this and talk about teams that are going you know going well at the start and not going so well Um goal with three games in, so it's, it, it is far too early to make any big assumptions from this. But we're actually currently at the lowest open play XG against in the division, uh, less than a goal in open play expected to concede it, i am not a massive thing of just relying on stats, like I know a few people who are listening will have a little chuckle about that, but um, it's still... Even if you take it in isolation, you can't overly rely on it, but looking at the field of play as well and looking at how we're playing, you can see that we are looking more difficult to score against than perhaps we were um, last year or the
1: year before. It feels like that. I mean, the the big problems we've had have been set pieces still, haven't they? So that's why that's not in there and that figure would be higher. But yeah, like you say, from open play, it's not, you know, I don't think Birmingham created a huge amount either, really, did they? And obviously it's the same in, in the other two games, so... Yeah, that it, I think I I do like XG to a point. I must admit because I do think that it, but it, you've got to use it over a large sample size rather yeah. than three games. I I do like it over maybe a dozen or more games. I think there there is there's clearly some flaws to XG. I'll give an example. Let's say now um, a penalty. You get a penalty. I think uh, the chance it's of a goal, is seven no 7. point, no point eight. I think 0.8. around that. So, but let's say the goalkeeper saves it. And then it comes straight back out to you. It's probably a 0.3 chance of a goal. Maybe you've then got a 1.1 chance of a goal, but you can only score one goal from the move because obviously yeah. uh, the, you wouldn't have had the second chance without the first. So when it comes to that, then it's stuff like goal mouth scrambles, you're it, it could just shoot up off the scale. Whereas I, I like it just for like the first chance, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And it's so it is like flawed to a point. I mean, I like it from mainly because. Like, let's say you can go, you can paint as much as you want about how many shots you've had, but they could all be from outside the box, from a mile, or they could all be from six be yards Charles out. So it, it doesn't necessarily tell you then, does it? Like, I, I like like I say, it measures like your quality of chance, doesn't it? But you know, there are there's flaws to to most things, are there? I think that's the XG flaw. Is that if you well, don't, we saw rebound it thing. in
0: Perot's first season as well, didn't yeah. we? He always massively outscored his XG still wouldn't have fancied that ball dropping to anyone else 20 yards out yeah. but XG will never favour you in those
1: positions he just yeah. happened to arrow them in the bottom corner yeah, of the he was superb at that side of the thing wouldn't he but yeah. then yeah like, I think when it, I was, I think we said before I mean, when we get to around the Plymouth away game which is about a dozen games in it's yeah, the second time, I think when you start weighing everything up there it's fine but I mean at this stage of the season you could just have one day for example where you're brilliant and one day when you're awful and it will skewer the whole stats won't it yeah. Let's say now We had a day on. I don't know. You could do you remember when Wales played Russia at Euro twenty sixteen, and yeah. they were so bad, like yeah. awful. We were running forward every time we were getting in. We thought we were going to score. You could play a team like that, and you know your stats. Like world beaters. Yeah, and you'll, but your XG will, will shoot up because you're creating so many good chances. Or you could be like Burnley, where I know they've only played one game yet, but they happen to play Man City, so your stats are not going to look good because you're playing the team that basically mm. beats everybody. So. That's why you have to... The same
0: thing about Man- Burnley against that Man City game, the same way when we played Man City in our first game in the Premier yeah. League, came away from it having lost, thinking, we're going to be fine, yeah? And I think the same about Burnley, because you get that yeah. vibe when you watch and you have you to do. take into account, do actually, XG obviously doesn't?
1: Yeah, I think, like, for us in that game, it was a case of... Um, I remember thinking, we've had quite a lot of the ball here against a very good team, and obviously we didn't realise at that point that they would go on to win the league. No. But I was thinking, well, if you've had a lot of the ball, here. You know, then we've got Wigan and Sunderland, I think, well, in the next couple of games. Think, that but look, pesky well, debutant came not well, on for them that day, Yeah, yeah we're bound, yeah, Aguero. But <laughs> um, well, we're bound then to have, you know, a lot of the ball against the lesser teams and that gives you that bit of confidence, doesn't it? But, yeah, I mean, we'll, I think, we can have a proper look at stats another time but they you know, they are, I mean, possession is another classic but, Remember that Barnsley game?
0: I keep referring back to that yeah, one. Yeah, what
1: nine hundred passes, but Massive not many shots. Game. I remember the first game, especially. Sorry, the mm-hmm. first half. I just been bored out of my skull. Well, it was.
0: I think it was in Cham and Patterson that came on. Yeah, and changed and it. late on, and they both scored or created. Or I know at least in Cham scored. So I think yeah. in that game, it was in the case of, um, you know, you know, keep 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 blowing and seeing what happens and seeing what happens and keep going and keep going it wasn't that at all because we actually literally had to make a tactical switch to get the goals otherwise that would have seemed like an absolute battering nil
1: nil yeah exactly so it's that just shows you things are they are skewered to a point and you have to use stats i think based on quite a few games adding with your eyes i think i think you never get a good better substitute than your eyes oh exactly i mean i you, you always think this i mean if you so you watch a game on TV, and then you can't always see the whole play, can you? Because you know the camera's focusing on the ball, but you you can see, for example, who's showing for the ball and and this type of thing, who's making runs, and you yeah. can't often. I, I think I've had conversations previously with people where I've been at a game, and someone might be watching on TV, and we've had different opinions, and it's it's interesting sometimes because it may look a certain way on TV, but then if you're at a game, it's it, it can be different, as you say. And I, I I would always say, from a scouting point of view, you can use stats to look at people. Um, but I would never want to buy somebody without watching them in person. But also, of course, stats will never tell you a player's personality and how they will fit in. I mean, there'll be plenty of players with great stats and all this type of thing. But it doesn't tell you if that bloke is a twat, is it?
0: Yeah. And and, and we spoke the other week about um, Grimes's ball to Cullen for the equaliser against Birmingham. He might have in another game got a 99.7 pass success rate. And in the Birmingham game, might have had an eighty. 3% pass success rate. But also but really it's he's helped turn up a made, goal. He's made the difference which is what matters at the end of the day doesn't it? Finish the XG chat now with just uh, the fact that we are currently seventh in most ex- uh, expected goals as well at 5.21. So yeah, I didn't expect that and that's another point of us saying well do you know what Is that yeah. just from open play? That's just XG in
1: general. I was going to say I bet a lot of them are from West Brom where well, the, the yeah, most Patino couple of goals them in, well, in it. no, not just that there was a there was a couple of goalmouth scrambles, wasn't there? For example, so yeah. again, then that means your XG for a certain chance for one of the people could be, could be like zero point seven or something, yeah. Because you've had two shots from close range, yeah. one blocked, one gone in, right, boys? You know who you are. You've uh, you've had
0: your XG chat, which you're looking for. Uh, move on from that now uh, to big news that happened uh, since we last spoke, which is Matt Grimes came as a shock to all of us. I think uh, extending his contract with the uh signing a new four-year deal which sees him go through to the summer of 2027. Um We have different views on what that means to Grimes and his immediate future, Steve. But for now, it can be no doubt about it, that is fantastic news for everyone.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Um The club seem to have learned a, a key lesson, really, that you don't want players going into the last year of their contracts, where obviously they hold the cards, where and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later. But, um, you know, they've avoided that. Grimes on a new contract, really good news, Um I obviously said previously that I thought he might go to Southampton after they'd sold a couple of people, but I don't think that will happen now. I don't think he'd have signed that deal otherwise. So, yeah, I'm I'm quite optimistic, and I do actually think if Grimes was going to go, this was the time for him to go, because, you know, there would have been a manager at Southampton that we think probably would have been interested in taking him. I think he's 27, so if he needs wants to go and, you know, better himself and think about playing in the Premier League, then... You know, I, I think I wouldn't have blamed him if he decided that now was the time to go. But I think now he may well be looking. That I'm happy here. I want to stay here for the long term. And yeah, obviously he signed that contract, and it's good news. It's you know well done by the club, and you know it. It, it also shows that he he must have a, a at least a decent relationship with the manager and uh, and stuff like that as well. Because you do never know when you know new managers come in, they have different opinions something and stuff like that, and different bonds with certain players. But it must still show that. Grimes is happier under a new manager. Yeah, and <clears throat> look,
0: I should put a lot of uh, the the um, dissenting voices quite for a little bit to see that the club captain has, has gone and done that. Um, I tend to think that it means that there has been no approach from Southampton. There's been no sniff, whatever. He's let's not. He's probably got a very lucrative offer on the table, and at his age, <clears throat> he's looking to secure his future. It's his prime of his career Steve Um, I tend to think that if an approach was to come from Southampton next week uh, at the end of the window we would still perhaps look at it but it puts us if even if that was the case in such a strong position now um, we're not talking about what do we do what can we do whatever
1: it would have to be something silly now wouldn't it yeah I think so I mean we've got an incredibly strong hand here and um let's be honest, Southampton are not our favourite club at the moment, given their actions. So um yeah, I think now they might have to break the bank to get anywhere near getting him and um yeah, if they do decide to break the bank then then fine. But um I really don't think that they will. So uh yeah, look, I'd I'd be surprised if um if he went now. Um since then, um more rumblings, you know you
0: they're your favourite club. Uh, anyway, but a report uh, yesterday of um Sky Sports, that we had received an offer of up to £10 million to Nathan Wood, which on the face of it, Steve, let's be honest, represents a fantastic bit of work from the club again. Uh, signed him for, what, three 400k uh, a year ago, so yeah. it's a fantastic bit of business um, if it was to happen, if it was to materialise. Um, if I was to add a little bit of sparring in the works and say uh, the... The cash up front would be, or the initial payment would be seven million, with up to three million more in potential add-ons. I expect you can be looking at an Aberfame and Burnley situation there, which may come into play on promotion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but also the fact that there is reportedly a tidy-sized sell-on clause to Middlesbrough.
1: I could understand on the face of it why the club wouldn't necessarily accept the first offer yet. Yeah, I mean look. Cut off, and you get in a situation on your where You don't accept the first offer anyway, because it just gives the impression you're desperate to sell. And obviously, he's a player that's in the team. So, in general, you don't really want to lose those type of players. But I mean, I don't think it's a bad offer. I've got to be honest. But I think maybe we could try and push them for a little bit more, especially given who it is. So, yeah, you know, and we know what Martin is like as well, don't we? He, he loves very his much, players. And he, and he very much? He has his people in mind. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Aubameyang. I know we didn't get him in the end but he was pretty desperate for him, we're led to believe, aren't we? I mean, he was after him for a couple of transfer windows, stuff like that. And he doesn't really like to settle for other players, does he? If you know what I mean. The impression I get with him is he's got his first choices and he doesn't really have backups, does he? I don't think. And then when he, the backups have come in, like the lone players that maybe have come in late doesn't tend to go near them, does he? No. So I think they may well come back in for him. and. The other thing is we know Southampton now have got serious cash. A lot of money. Hell of a lot of money. So you know Over a hundred million there now, easy, you know, yeah. sitting in there to be spent and Yeah, and we don't know if they're not more people are not gonna go from there. I mean it's still, you know, over a week of the, the window well, left yet, isn't it? Here's the, US, the we other still
0: conversation up? which we're gonna move on to now. Um, just to tail that off, I mean keep um, Nathan Wood for now and see. We've got, got the option in his contract to extend from the year. I can't not, believe we haven't done that yet. If, if, if it's
1: on the club side,
0: more are they doing it? You literally just press the button. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but it, it's mad. I don't know, but I'm hoping it is as straightforward as us just going. Well, we don't need to. We'll do
1: it in January. Doesn't matter. Maybe it involves an extra payment to him or something. But well, sometimes these clauses have to. They have to be agreed with the player as well. But didn't um didn't Alise have a similar one at Palace? I know this just. He signed an extension. Now, anyway, isn't he? Because Chelsea were interested, but yeah, I don't. I'm sure I read that Chelsea couldn't just reactivate the uh, activate the clause by bidding. I think the player had to say he wanted to go as well or something. It's right. more complicated than what you would have thought it is. But I mean, I'm looking at it in the same way as when Patterson signed. It was the club's clause. They activated it obviously for whatever reason. He got annoyed, didn't he? But. Yeah, I mean, you're obviously going to activate it even if you say you're going to offer another deal, to not you? Just, yeah. you put it, you do it just to basically ward off interest and give, buy yourself a little bit of time to offer a new deal, to not I mean, to not activate it if it's on the club side is lunacy, but I don't know, I guess we'll see. The truth is, if it doesn't get activated at a fans forum, somebody's going to ask that question and it could be me. <laughs> well, I mean, if you say it, it could be more
0: control, let's just hope that at the point there's no need at the moment to do it, and... Um, there's no press and urgency there's other things that the club are working on let's hope it's as simple as that um and of course you know we set our stall up for what we think would is worth with two years left on his deal as that would effectively be what it is um and value him accordingly uh do i think we'd be offered 10 million pounds for a player who was knowingly entering the final year of his contract possibly not i mean we've struggled to get bids for Perot around that price and Perot scored forty goals in two years. So you think that strikers being hot as property. You know, you think that maybe it's just a case of the club not rushing to do it. Let's hope that's the case and we've got the and we hold the cards. I am gonna mention Perot because there has been talk of Leeds being interested but um, figures bandied around where they were to offer fifteen now. Phil Hay, the um, Leeds uh, reporter, has um, said that the numbers are a lot lower than that, looking around, what, seven, eight million pounds to spend. Again, just doesn't feel like the sort of numbers we'd entertain. Um, But um, it could just be one of those things that Leeds are using to appease their fans. It could be another thing whereby um, Perot and the club are just developing that interest, trying to start some sort of bid in war because we've seen through the summer how the club have orchestrated their business Steve it's 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 really interesting to see this one play out because on the other end of the coin you've got Southampton uh who, well seeing at the moment if they are going to be expecting a bid from Everton for Shea Adams and if that comes in and they're looking for a striker we know Russell Martin's a big fan and again massive amounts of money for them to spend if he wants to get his way in that club early
1: doors he's already taken Flynn Downs on loan he does like his old players at his clubs doesn't he yeah but that man has gone there obviously as well is not he so um, I could I could see him going to either to be honest so I don't think Southampton will buy him unless somebody goes because they've got a you know, th- do they need a striker I'd say probably not whereas that's why I thought they would go for crimes because they obviously do need a midfield player and as you said Downs has gone there this week mm. which isn't a great shock but um, Leeds, I think, are pretty desperate. They don't have a striker fit today, really. Bamford's been injury-prone. The guy they bought from, I think it was from either Leipzig or Salzburg, one of the Red Bull ones, Rutter, has been poor since he went in there, and I think he's the only fit striker at the moment. And I think that the Leeds issue mainly seems to be that they've obviously let a lot of players go on loan. Apparently, a lot of them had loan clauses if they got relegated. Absolute lunacy, really. So now they've obviously they haven't brought in a lot of money, they've, they've brought the ways bill down, but that's why I think they have brought in someone like Roden on loan because I don't think they could afford to do things. But now Tyler Adams has gone to Bournemouth for 20 million. I think that might change things. That means now they've got cash. That's why I think they're sniffing around Perot. I do think they genuinely are serious, but whether we reach a deal or not, I don't know because, like I said, about 8 million, which has been mentioned, it's not great, is it? They're going to have to go higher than that. I think they're going to have to go to 12 at least. Yeah, I would think so. And,
0: and 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 rightly so. I mean, we set our stall out earlier in the summer with Perot. Um, we've spoken about it on this podcast a couple of times as well. Um, very much like the fact that we are conducting our business completely differently to how we've done it since well, since the t- well, to be honest with you, I say since the takeover, but even since before that, under the old regime, um, we didn't used to conduct it quite like this. So I'm really impressed with the professionalism and I don't think this club will be in a position to find themselves underselling because they know now they've got people at the club that know the worth and know what people have. We're not as naive, potentially, as we were this time last year.
1: Well, the, the I think the real allegation that we've thrown at them in the last few years was the uh, the old soft touch on deadline day, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, and then making ridiculous decisions either way. And, um, you know, and realistically, you've got to say, most of them haven't come off, have they? So... You know, but you get the feeling now if deadline day comes that they may not fold. And they, I'm not saying they won't do any business, and they may, for pro, they may sell for a little bit less than what they wanted, but they certainly wouldn't be selling. I always hark back to the, the window after we first got relegated, where on that deadline day, people did go for lunacy money. Like the likes of Fernandes went for less than what we bought him for. I think Matt went for a million when realistically we didn't have any other centre backs at the club, apart from Van der Horn. Because Roden hadn't played a first team game, yeah, it? like those type of deals we were doing were for me a club that was on the brink of administration. We, we, were, we were struggling to survive at that point, weren't we? Yeah, we guys. were. But even then, we were accepting deals that were really bad, weren't we? Yeah, you know what I mean. They were even if you accept some of them, they were like I I'd, I'd always argue that a mat, for example, shouldn't have gone because. A million for somebody who might be on twenty grand a week or something we when you don't have a set to back. To, to I think Luka it was four something. million. I mean, it. that's
0: ridiculous. It, it is,
1: but four. Much? But I'd say four million when you're on and probably on fifty grand a week. I can understand why maybe they thought they had to do that, but whereas I think someone like a Matt, they should have gone. Nah, we can't. It's not for this place in the squad. It's not worth a million quid, mm-hmm. and you know those wages because we physically haven't got anybody else. Yeah, that, from that point of view. So think they. They're, I get that. I still wasn't happy with the Fernandez deal, don't get me wrong. But, you know, to actually leave a manager without two centre-halves is just a joke, is it? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's I, You'd expect that when Petty was here, wouldn't you, and stuff like that. Well, that's then, what you tried to do, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you tried to sack
0: off the score. But, you know,
1: that's what I mean. That's You don't behave like that. It's, it's just absurd. But I think those days are long gone now. I think that, um, you know, we are a bit more serious again behind the scenes. And, yeah, I don't think you can... number on us on deadline day, but um, you know, unfortunately, I I don't want this clip being played and going viral, (laughs) I'll be honest. So, please don't let me down now. No, absolutely. Um, We'll we'll hope
0: that our instinct and what we've seen so far prove to carry on through till uh, 11 pm on September 1st when the uh, transfer window closes. We will get a podcast in um, before then, but probably not. Uh, on 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 deadline day evening so it's, it's probably going to be a little bit um premature for that hopefully we'll have a bit a few little snippets of what's going to happen uh leading up to then but um let's look ahead now to this weekend's game which is uh pressed in a a good start you know seven points of the first three games they've had uh, a solid start to the season and um probably looking to uh follow that up with um Another home win. I mean, you look at that and you think um, they, they they're in a, they're a good position at the moment
1: and a, a solid team. Yeah, um, they often tend to be that way, don't they? I mean, quite steady really at this mm. level. I mean, they've I think over the last twenty odd years or whatever, they've they've spent a lot of time at this level. Yeah. They? They've always had this reputation, and they really press them for being quite a well-run club. Don't really overstretch themselves. Um, they they, get, they have tended to have a few good signings that they may sell on and stuff been close to the Premier a few times haven't they when you think about it I mean they've lost a few playoff finals and not going there not for a while now mind. but um yeah they're you know they're, they're probably overachieving or in general what that's what they do isn't it I mean they're sort of similar to us I guess in the sense in terms of I think Preston isn't population wise is quite similar to Swansea so yeah you know but um I mean I don't think it's going to be as lively as last time you played them is it? No, well, you'd think
0: not, you, you know, you 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 would think not, I mean, they they tend to be these days um, quite shored up at the back, um, which is which is something we've seen since, um, well, since Freddie Woodman went there, really, uh, last yeah. year, they scored practically
1: nothing and conceded nothing for the first, like, seven or eight games last year. They had a lot they? of nil-nils to start, did it? it was but, like, It was like a mad status, like, you couldn't try it, like, you'd be, defensively, you would be, like, doing cartwheels, really, but then you'd be on your hands and knees with your... You'd be infuriated in a way because you'd
0: be thinking we've I kept four clean sheets in six games and we're only on five points.
1: You'd be um, wanting to do a, what Nigel Pearson wanted to do to that bloke, wouldn't you? Just be an ostrich and just just not want. You'd be delighted like, with the defensive stuff. Wouldn't want to watch it, would you? Oh, God, no. I mean, oof. Oh, Another no-no. I know, you just... You must be thinking at that point as well. Just must be a couple of players short here. Maybe someone that can stick the ball in the net and someone maybe a bit creative, but... Yeah, look. I mean, it, it's hard to be too critical, isn't it? With yeah. you, because if you're not conceding goals, then it's, you know, the, certainly, you know, the, Russell Martin certainly could have learned something from them.
0: What's the old uh, football adage? Is um Attacks win games and defences win titles, don't they? In, I think. in, in general, yes. You know, you, you think that you need to be able to keep them out the other end. You can't forever outscore opposition. I remember Blackpool's season in the Premier League was a good... Uh, they weren't uh, far so off, mind right.
1: they, they had a points total. They should have kept them up every other season. I think it was I like think as a, as a, as a, as a, I be At, at the bottom, I do think it might be slightly like different because draws don't keep you up to that. You have to get 10 wins, don't you? And then your food draws. Yeah, to, that's if, true. If, if that makes sense. If you remember, keep,
0: we said it under Carlos Carvajal, he we? Yeah, you going and, for it. We'll be fine. But exactly. Carvajal tried
1: to keep us up with draws because yeah, he was too scared right. of of things. So it's so I actually think Blackpool sort of had a decent approach in uh, terms of they were looking to think at a lot of the maybe the teams around them, thinking right, well, let's have a go with them and try and win. And I think they did get close to forty yeah, points. They did get. I'm sure it yeah, was one 41, 42, Which I, was, I don't think it was that. But I think it was more like thirty eight or thirty nine. Okay. But they were. The other thing for Blackwell was like think they had Man United on the last day and you just think, well, you, you need those little things maybe to go through sometimes, don't you? Mm. And, you know, you don't want that on the last day. And obviously, I think as usual, it was Wigan wasn't it, that got out of it in spite of spending almost the entire season in the bottom three. Well, they did that for three years in a row, didn't they? Which was yeah, until T and Daly, Schechter and Rangel sent them down.
0: <laughs> it would be the Swans, wouldn't it? Um, Steve, you're going, uh, but not to Preston.
1: No, I'm um, going to well. You know, when you're for me, if you're up in that neck of the woods and it's a bank holiday, then you've got to go to the only place that you know is calling name, the name—the Vegas of the North, <laughs> A.K.A. Blackpool. Uh, I've got
0: a big problem with this um, because I don't understand why it's called the Vegas of the North. Could be called the Bernadome of the North or the Bernadome of the UK. It makes sense. It's exactly like that. It is nothing like. What Vegas? Ah, I, 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 it's,
1: it's aspirational, just like Vegas for me. I mean, you've, you've got, and wait, 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 exactly. But you've got the, the Vegas Strip. You've got the Blackpool Promenade. I mean, you've got the Blackpool Tower, but they've got a cheap version. The of those who have celebrities yeah. turning up, and well, all that. Yeah, Sophie ellis and the lights on the week after. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got uh, you can drink as much as you want. I mean, high glamour hotels. Um, oh yeah, and you're staying you know, in one of them, a, a, a <laughs> amusement park. Um, yeah. You know. You even got the coastline, cool which you don't have in Vegas. But I suppose they do but have exactly sand, don't they? Nothing like
0: Vegas, that's why.
1: <laughs> ah, just, you know. oh, what's the weather like? Ah, will be uh the sun will be shining, never the rain. Rains looks cool. be? <laughs> the
0: Vegas, the, the the desert rain you're getting for some reason. Um yeah. Um well, what do you think about the, the I mean I see you're going up for a full weekender? Uh, it's the August Bank holiday weekend. Well we know i probably have a better view of this game on Saturday, you probably still be hungover.
1: Well, um, we have had a little bit of news, which is not great either. There's a train strike. Oh. I've looked at buses, and it's an hour and a half. It's just going to have to be taxi, it. So that is a bit annoying. So if anyone is listening to this, and I bet there are one or two that are going to blackpool, yeah, just uh, just bear that in mind. So that bit isn't ideal. But um, no, but if you also hit the term Vegas
0: of the North, enjoy a little wry smile to yourself now, when you know he's got to get a taxi. Well, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> but what I would say is though that. You know, I think for some people, I might just tempt them to go, you know what, well, I don't really want to leave the Vegas of the North anyway. So, um, you know, I'm not even going to bother with the game. But um, yeah. About
0: the game, because <laughs> cause it's ridiculous. Um, how do you see us setting up? Do you think it's going to be, again, tried, tried and tested with Yates and Perot up front and the same sort of start? And he hasn't really swapped it up much at the moment. You see, He's changed one player here, one player there, but um, we're still waiting to see... Uh, Generally, get a start or
1: um, yeah. I think my my major concern is that if Yates and uh, Patino have, have got mates still from their long their spells of their former club and decide to enjoy themselves Friday night, and then they're not in the team. But um, yeah, um, look, I don't think you're going to see many changes realistically. No. Um, I, what I do think is because we've got that Bournemouth game, I think you might see a few like Ginelli and maybe Allen starting in that one. And then you do wonder for Bristol City. They might come into contention to start. I think at the moment the manager probably feels as if they're not up to starting. If that makes sense, so I don't see many changes. I, I think you'll probably see the same team unless, I suppose, if something happens with Perot, then there's always a chance that he might not play. Even if he's still here, they may look at it and go, "Yeah, well, didn't fit, fit on the table." Yeah, I mean, and, and would I suppose, could be the same thing, could not it? There could be a well. well I hope not because yeah, we're I agree. struggling then. And we, well, we, we need to bring a centre off in, don't we? So, Although
0: it might force. It might force four, the four, four at the back, yeah. It, which won't be the
1: worst thing. Yes, in the world yeah, me. it might. So, I think that's. I think it, you will see the same team, but yeah, there's certainly things can change. I mean, it's Wednesday afternoon now or Wednesday evening. Um, like a lot can change, certainly as close as you get to the window. So, um, yeah, I think if all goes well, you'll see the same team. But I think there's certainly potential for uh, curve balls yet. Yeah, yeah. What do you what do you think the score is going to be? I don't know really I'm not convinced we're going to go there and win I mean they've had a good start haven't they and you know um, our record there down the years is not great mm. we did win there when the Boulder won, won the gold didn't we um, I was there that night that's the only time I've seen us win there um, yeah I mean I suppose that when you think of Preston there'll be one or two listening to this who so, you know probably won yes, about the most g- famous the all time famous. great away days I mean yeah. my father was there I'm assuming yours was was he
0: yeah I think so Yeah. I mean I think
1: Everybody knows somebody from that generation that was there. This, I've actually, Bizarrely, I found out there's two Swans fans I know that are huge Swans fans and they actually didn't go on that occasion. I've, I was actually amazed to find anybody, if you know what I mean, of that yeah. age group because it does feel like everybody went. I mean, you know, taking 10,000 up there is unthinkable really, isn't it? And um, yeah, well, I'm sure whoever was there, it's got to be in one of the top five ever, isn't it? Um, yeah. One of the the great... The thing is, it, it's still for someone who wasn't
0: there and wasn't involved in that generation at all. You mentioned Preston away, and even for me, that game is the first one that comes yeah. to my head because of the, the, how famous it is. Yeah,
1: I mean, everyone's seen the clips, haven't they? Yeah. um You know, I, I know when the third went in, my father tell me that he. Um, His glasses come off, he just managed to catch
0: them. Otherwise,
1: that could have been miserable. My father's eyesight has never been great. So he would have had a, I think they had a minibus up there. And I think everyone slept all the way home from what he said. Uh, 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 Exhaustion. Yeah. Celebrating. I think we know what it's like when the big games come. I mean, I always think like this with Cardiff and people often say, like, on the way home, why is everyone so quiet? And it can be like that, even if you've had a jubilant win. And I just think everybody is drained because from the moment, as well. yeah, because when you wake up in the morning for that game, it's on, it's on your mind, you're on edge. You might go for food and drinks and stuff. You can't relax during the game, and it's like that for any big game. It would have been like that at Preston. So I think when we did eventually win, and obviously it took us in the first division, there, uh, as much as there would have been joy, I bet when it sunk in, there was just relief, if yeah. you know what I mean, and just you're so tired because of what it, and as usual, the Swans didn't really do it the easy way. They were coasting, and Preston had come back into it. They needed a win, didn't they, I think, to stay up. So yes. they were going to throw everything at it and we broke away and obviously got the winner. But um, I think the other delicious thing about that day was that um, Cardiff needed us to win to keep them up. So if, um, whatever's called it, so Cardiff had to be sort of happy that we won, even though that we went yeah. into the first division, And they would have had a thing of, if Preston had won, I think they would have gone down. For them obviously we wouldn't have gone up but they they wouldn't they couldn't win basically because they're on the day yeah something they, basically they, they were never going to play in our division the next season yeah they way. they wouldn't but obviously they they knew that to stay where they were that we need their oursnamesis go. were going to go into the top division so yeah yeah with uh, that yeah
0: um well enjoy your weekend I mean let's hope that uh you get the michael Duff gets his first win and you can celebrate uh, in the with, Vegas of the North, with, I was I was actually probably going to avoid calling it that, but there we are. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go up there and have a good weekend, I'm sure, and there'll be a lot of uh, people uh, join you if you are one of those. Safe journey. Uh, remember what Steve said about the train strike, and uh, make sure you uh, look after yourselves and uh, enjoy the Vegas of the North as it's called. <laughs> but uh, from myself and Steve, we'll be back next week to talk about the Bournemouth Cup game and indeed. Uh, Preston away, but from us for now thanks for listening, bye bye